Welcome back to the Alternative Triathlon Commentary, Episode 2. Today's episode, we talk with Mike Phillips, fresh off the podium at Asia Pacific Champs in Langkawi, and uh, we have a bit of a debrief uh, with the other boys uh, of the race and how the trip went. So sit back and enjoy. Right, we've got um, Mike Phillips in on the pod today. He's just come off a uh, podium finish in Langkawi at the Asia, Asia Pacific Champs. Um, Mike's had a pretty successful year. He's um, podium six times, I think. Um, Toronga half second, Challenge Wanaka second, Ironman New Zealand first, Ironman 70.3 Geelong first, Ironman Cairns fifth, um, Ironman 70.3 Euro Champs second. And then just the Ironman 70.3 in Langkawi, second place. So, yeah, thanks for coming on, Mike. How you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, good. Good to be on here. Awesome. So, um, yeah, you've, you've just uh, come back from uh, your big trip overseas and uh, uh, finished off with a, a, a podium in Langkawi. Yep. Yep, fresh back. Um Managed to get COVID on the way home, so if I sound uh, slightly croaky, um, that's why. Um, managed to avoid it for the whole time until now, and then, um, yeah, so, what, three and a half years or so. Um, but, yeah, so I guess it's a good time to have got it. Um, bit of time now until the next race, so hopefully um, it's enough time to sort of recover and um, start training again, and it doesn't affect too much. Um, but, yeah, just back from three and a half months overseas mainly europe um and then uh yeah a bit of time in asia on the way home with with the um alternative commentary uh crew in langkawi yeah how good was it and uh yeah you've done pretty good good to dodge uh the bullet getting sick while you've been on your trip it's always a hard one when you're on the move um so at least you saved that till uh, coming home <laughs> um yeah, so you were based in Girona for a few few months. Was that the main place to train over over the European summer? Yeah, so I guess left here in winter. Um, had sort of had a bit of a break after Cairns when I when I left. Um, so sort of got to Girona and um, had about a month until that European champs in Tallinn for the um, seventy point three. Um, so yeah, that was sort of the base. Uh, really good training there can be really hot um especially in that first block we're sort of getting off the plane we had a couple of um 40 degree days which does make it a bit challenging but um yeah great place to train um definitely makes it easier with some consistent weather like you're pretty uh pretty reliable there that's going to be sunny so um yeah it makes it easy to get in a good training block and um those first sort of three or four weeks were really good and um sort of kicked me back into shape pretty quick and um yeah, Talon, I guess, was sort of the first test, which uh, went pretty well. Um, and then, yeah, back to Girona after that for a bit more training ahead of the next ones. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so you're coming off some pretty good form from uh, the races in Aussie and, and NZ. Um, so going into Talon, um, what were you kind of expecting, obviously, with a, a much deeper field? Yeah, obviously, European racing is quite a bit different. Um, I think there was maybe nearly 60 guys on that start line. Um, and I guess I knew I'd sort of had a bit of a break and was just coming back. Um, didn't kind of taper too much for that race, um, but I thought I'd, I'd, I'd be all right. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of always hard to know with the – because I guess the course was quite easy. Like, it was quite a fast bike course, no real challenges, um, no really windy sections or anything like that. Um, so it's always pretty hard when the level's quite high and you've got a lot of guys starting that bike together i guess to um be able to make any difference like i guess this year i've sort of been able to get my bike to a level that i've been able to get a gap or get a head start on the run for in most of the races i've been doing um so i, d I definitely thought it might be too hard there to do that but um i ended up having quite good legs and was able to um get a gap quite early on the bike which um coming off the bike with peter heimrich sort of I think we had nearly three minutes on the group behind, which was sort of uh, 
a bit of a surprise, I guess. Um, but still, even three minutes with a field like that, like I think there's a few guys in there that have run sort of 106 for a half Ironman before, so um, 106, 107. So yeah. still, um, you still hope that they've had to ride pretty hard, I guess, because you know what it's like with 12-meter draft rule and sort of, you know, 45Ks an hour average. It's like some of those guys in the back of the group could have a pretty easy ride. Um yeah. But yeah, I managed to hang on with per second, which was um actually quite surprising. Like starting the run, I sort of thought like seeing a bunch behind bunch of ten guys running together, sort of hunting you down pretty quickly. Um sort of thought that, you know, I'd be lucky to hang on to the top ten. Um but yeah, they sort of they slowed down. I sort of got a little bit faster and um just managed to hang in there for second. Yeah, no, that was a top result. And you seem to be making um, a habit of kind of Riding pretty solidly and and still managing to back it up on the run, um, especially at the back end, and, and hold on to that time you put into them on the bike. Yeah, I guess it's a it's a really fine line. It's hard to know sometimes. Like sometimes you can you can ride off and put in a lot of effort and not get much time, but other times you can you know put in that effort and and the gap just blows out. So it's a bit of a risk, I guess. Um, but I guess like in the future, I just hope to get my running um, maybe a couple of steps back back up um so that even if i do take some risks on the bike i can still actually compete to win the race um even if it does come down to a running race whereas sort of at the moment if i put in a big bike effort i sort of have to have a gap like if i burn too many matches and then have to run against fresh guys it's it, yeah it's really hard to compete um so yeah, it's a bit of a risk but it's it's paid off more often than it hasn't this year so um yeah it's definitely um definitely sort of paid off this year yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, most of the races you've done really well, and you've you've made that difference on the bike with Ironman and Zed uh, putting some time to Braden at the end of the bike, and and then over at Geelong, really ripping it uh, to the Aussies and and getting like a five minute lead, um, and then again in Tallinn uh, with Heimrich. So, has there been anything in your own training that you've like changed um, this year to be able to kind of um, execute that sort of race style? Uh, I guess in the past, I've always, like, when I first started, I, I used to bike quite good. And then um, when sort of I, I figured I need to run, you know, more around that 240 for a full and 110 for a half. Um, so I just did a lot more running, I guess, and put the bike kind of on in standby. Um, yeah. And I guess now that, um, well, last year I sort of had that plantar fasciitis injury, which sort of meant that I could do a bit more cycling and um I guess just having that little bit more energy to spend on cycling a little bit more time um, has just been able to get that to the next level. And I guess being like, you can put a lot of time into your cycling and I guess, but you need to be able to be at that level that you can actually ride away from people. Like if you're just slightly stronger, you just end up sitting on the front for longer. So Mm -hmm. I thought I'd put a bit more effort in and try and get to that next level where I can actually make a difference and get a gap and um, use that later on in the race, I guess. Yeah, for sure, and uh, it's obviously been working for you, um, and and splitting up the group, um, and and working in your favour of those those races this year. Um, so kind of off talent, yeah, you then headed over to Singapore for the PKO race. That's right. Yep, had a couple of weeks back in Girona. Um, everything felt pretty good. I wasn't too fatigued from the race. Um, got in a couple of big weeks. I guess it was sort of becoming a bit of a juggle by that stage like i got the start for the pto which obviously wasn't going to say no to but um then obviously nice was only a few weeks um after singapore so it's sort of you know you want to do well in singapore but then you've also got to train for the world champs in nice so you know it's, it's quite hard to balance a full prep with a half prep i guess and doing well at everything but um i guess i gave my best shot at um trying to balance those um but I probably did a little bit too much training leading into Singapore. Um, and then obviously Singapore, I had a bit of bad luck in that race, um, puncturing halfway on the ride. So, um, yeah, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't an ideal trip for sure. Um, getting back from the trip too, my base bar was snapped on my bike. So, um, yeah, sort of a bit of admin that trip. Bit of bad luck for that one, eh? And yeah. so after that, were you thinking, okay, got that out of the way um i've got world champs nice up next um you know surely i'll be back back to a bit of um form and, and better luck yeah i actually think singapore would end up being all right like i um 
this one was a bit average for me. Like I lost contact with that front group sort of just after halfway yeah. round. But um, on the bike, I was actually feeling pretty good and pulling back some good time when I did puncture. So I actually think the form in that race was all right. Um, just obviously the bad luck with the mechanicals. But um, yeah. I guess coming back, like because I'd sort of planned on my training to obviously have a hard day that day and get in a good run and the heat and all that kind of stuff, um, which obviously didn't end up happening. So then I guess I treated it as though I'd sort of had a really a week off pretty much, you know, like because I'd tapered into that race, not done, not completed the race. So then I sort of came back and went straight into some pretty solid training. Yeah. Which, which I think was probably the mistake in my niece build up was I didn't really um, allow for all that travel or, um, just all the admin that goes around, you know, flying down to the other side of the world, doing a race or half a race and then flying back, you know, sorting out your bike and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, because I probably got back on the, you know, the Tuesday and probably still did 30 hours that week or something like that. So I think I just needed a bit, a little bit more time, probably pushed that line a little bit too far um, and just resulted in me being pretty flat and neat. Yeah, okay. So if you could go back and do it again, you'd probably um like to just do a bit less training and and let your body absorb um you know from all that travel we did yeah and i guess those um you know those higher level races like the, the pto races and obviously the world champs like they probably need a bit more respect than you sort of you know i guess when i'm in new zealand i'll do you know challenge Wanaka a few weeks before i'm in new zealand or something like that but yeah they're not they're not those same tier of races where you can sort of get away with you know doing a 90 percent race and still have a good result you know like those ones you've got to be on form you've got to put the time in and, and train specifically for them to do well in them so um you know sort of bouncing between a few of them and trying to do everything i think it's a bit of a mistake at that upper level um i know there's yeah. a few guys that can probably get away with it like the blooming felts and stuff but um yeah, it's sort of um, just that balancing act. It's, it's really hard to say no to opportunities, I guess. Um, yeah. But, you know, you want to be at the best for the big ones. So that's probably what I've learned from this trip, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Always learning even um, after all these years, I guess. And uh, I guess that's what people kind of want to understand, you know, just uh, casual races or age group races that, you know, how, how, how they get it right, how they take it right, how do they, um, you know, turn up on race day um you know and race to their best and i think that's some of the hard, sometimes the hardest thing and probably one thing i kind of figured out over the weekend it's just sometimes you feel great and all your numbers are good and, and that's probably what you felt like with nice but um you get going and, and sometimes you just you know you feel pretty off and it's hard to pinpoint um what it is so i guess over all these years like you know you've had some pretty solid results podiums you know five six every year um so you, you've got a pretty consistent um level is the is there anything you know you think um kind of in the build-up or or taper that you have to do every time or is it just a complete random uh, if you get it right on the day <laughs> no i don't oh, i don't think it's complete random but i think um you know if you want to be the best you have to cross the line sometimes if you don't you know push your limits you never know where they are so if you're consistently performing every single time, then, you know, you probably know exactly where your limit is or you're just under it, but you also might be too far under it, you know. If you're not um, pushing that little bit more, you might, well, your body might actually be able to handle a little bit more, but, you know, you might be on the safe side of that too much, I guess. But um, I guess that's what, you know, you have a bunch of good races in a row, like in New Zealand at the start of the year, I felt like, you know, didn't, I was doing some really big weeks leading into some of them and I'd still perform quite well. Um, so it sort of made me think, that, oh, yeah, you know, I'll be all right to do that, you know, even when you're overseas and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, I might be just crossing that limit a little bit too too much. Um, but, yeah, I think knowing where your limit is and what you can do consistently is really important um, in terms of performance. Like, you know, some people can probably train an average of 35 hours a week all year and be fine but others it might be 25 you know and that's quite individual i think like mm -hmm. some of the guys i know are training less than 20 hours you know consistently um so yeah i think finding that balance is is really important and you know training consistently is obviously more important than um than overdoing it and then underdoing it um yeah so I think the balance is really important and yeah. you know if i was an age group for a first time i'd just be trying to find that consistent load that i can maintain um without getting sick or you know having poor performances 
for sure. And do you find it hard with the New Zealand seasons um, trying to kind of, you know, it's almost racing all year round, do you structure time off every year, um, just, you know, have a big block off training and, and get ready for the next set of races? Or is it for you, is it kind of just like a, a mini, mini rest and in, in somewhere in the year where you can do it and, and just keep, keep full rolling? I guess it's been a bit um, a bit different the last few years, I guess, with COVID and stuff. Like, I've had a lot of time at home. So, um, you know, the New Zealand season's kind of been my main part of the year. But um, this year, I guess, was the first time that I did a full kind of European campaign and um, raced the world champs. But then again, uh, Nice was in September, you know, as opposed to, I think, next year, Kona's late October. So um, I always plan to have a bit of a break after Nice and um, – we had a few weeks in Thailand, um, just purely holiday pretty much. Um, yeah. And then uh, obviously Lankar, we was on the way home. Asia Pacific champs with good points. And, you know, I didn't have any flights booked yet home from um, Thailand. So I thought I'll stick around. Um, typically after like a full build up, even if I have a break, I'm, I'm usually going all right three or four weeks afterwards just because I had time to fully recover from that and absorb all that load. Um, going into the the full distance race which I guess was sort of similar for Geelong this year so I definitely have downtime where I'm not training too much but um I have actually been racing a wee bit just after that downtime uh, the last yeah which sort of I guess sounds funny but um you're actually really fresh and still got a bit of fitness from that um from that previous block I guess um so yeah I guess that's sort of how I've done it the last um this past year I guess um yeah, obviously now with COVID, it's sort of mean I've had this week off. Um, hopefully I can get going soon and, and be ready for Taupo half um, in December. Just, you know, it's good to race the local ones when we can and yeah, come and keep you boys in check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll be doing that, mate. Um, <laughs> so anyway, with your Langkawi race, just briefly uh, uh, cover it. Um, so yeah, second place uh, just behind Joshi uh, Amberger um yeah how did it did it play out how you thought it would and uh yeah uh, just give us a bit of a run through how it went yeah i guess um what non-wetsuit swim quite warm conditions um there was a group of about eight or nine of us i thought that eight or nine might have been in two groups coming out of the water but it was just one big group so um that sort of uh i guess it's it's good and bad that um you know that we were, I was at the front, obviously starting the ride. Um, but you know it makes it hard to get separation when you have so many guys together. Um, the course had some challenges in it, like some hilly sections and stuff. But ultimately, they're quite short climbs, and um, I guess when the guys are quite fresh, it's really hard to to get that gap. Um, so I, I tried to push quite hard on the bike, just because the bike's sort of been where I've been uh, making my jam this this uh, season, I guess. So. Um, and a few times I did get a gap and I was off the front by, you know, a few hundred metres or something. But, you know, you start, um, I guess, riding like 350 watts in those conditions, you start heading up pretty fast. And um, I guess it was in the back of my mind that, you know, coming off a, a bit of a holiday, going into a, you know, three-hour solo off the front in Lenkawi was sort of, wasn't really the first thing I felt like um, giving a go. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I definitely tried to split it up as much as I could and but didn't really want to go solo. Um and you know, a few guys got popped sort of along the way and um you sort of hit those hard hills with what was it about thirty five K to go. Yeah. Um and they're pretty solid, like they're pretty steep hills. Um, you know, I think I was over five hundred watts for the for the second one, for that steeper one. Um just trying to get a few guys off the back. Um and I think we were down to sort of four guys after those three little hills. Um, and the guys I was with, I was I was quite confident against running against, I guess, in those conditions. Like I'd been in Thailand for, you know, three or four weeks by that stage. So I was quite acclimatized. Um, and the bike was actually pretty comfortable. Like I felt like I'd kept it pretty um, low key most of the way. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, that was sort of coming into T, T2, I was quite confident that I had a good chance and just tried to make sure I got everything on board, took it pretty comfortable at the start of the run. Um, and, yeah, sort of halfway through the run, I was maybe a couple of hundred metres in front. Um, 
just coming through that Pelagi there, going out for the second lap. Um, but yeah, then Josh sort of, um, I think he actually ran a bit faster in the second lap than he did the first, whereas I sort of started going the other way. Um, and he, he came past me probably at about 12K or something like that. And um, yeah, sort of when I was going through a bit of a rough patch, so I tried to get on some more water and cool down a wee bit and pick up the pace a wee bit. But um, uh, Josh was Josh was strong in the back end and um, actually quite, quite glad that he won, I guess, because he was sort of the only other one in that league group that was actually... Um, trying to get the bike moving along. So, um, yeah, good on him, I guess. Good race yep. from him. Um, yeah, it was sort of that last 5K, I was sort of going through my head, do I, you know, am I going to get the second wind and try and chase him down? But you know what it's like with 5Ks to go on those races. It's like it feels like it's 100Ks to go still. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to blow yeah. up completely. Yeah. A few people blowing up for sure on the uh, side of the road. Yeah, and I guess like just after the disappointment of Singapore and then also in Nice, obviously, like you don't want to take too many risks, like especially I guess that's what I was thinking on the bike as well, is like it's important for me to to put up a good result here and not like completely cook it trying to win. Yeah. Um, you know, once once you've had a few good races, I, I don't feel so bad taking those risks on the bike. But um, you know, when you sort of feel like you need to put another solid one under under your belt to to get back moving again, um, sort of have to play it a little bit more conservatively. Yeah, for sure. And you, yeah, you've definitely done that. Getting uh, a bit of an up, upgrade on the uh, ranking, PDO ranking list, going up eleven spots to thirty. Yeah, I guess that was always um, with the trip overseas. I tried to pick out, you know, I picked out four races that were either ninety or hundred points, so gave myself a good chance to move up the rankings and obviously I cocked it on the two that were worth a hundred. So um, that was pretty disappointing, but um, two sort of good results on the 90 point ones sort of moved me up quite a bit, um, which sort of means you get a little bit more of a bonus at the end of the year um, and also increases the chance you can do um, more PTO races next year. Yeah, for sure. That's, um, that's what you wanted, isn't it? So yeah, um... And with with Ironman just releasing uh, some uh, announcement with their their pro series next year, um, how does that uh, both for you with uh, that and PTO? Um, I guess yeah, I guess it's um, sort of as you're saying before, like you know that's what you're aiming for with the PTO, trying to get up the things so you can do the races. But um, that was sort of the goal when that was all that was available. Um, you know, I guess with the money the PTO put up it was obviously very lucrative that series. Um, so I guess that's what a lot of the guys were aiming for. Um, but now I guess with the Ironman series, it means that if you do miss out on that PTO series, there is something else to aim for, which is also quite lucrative. So um, it's, it's it's really good that um, there's more money coming into the sport, you know, regardless of whether it goes to, you know, if it's something I'm going for or something you guys are going for or something that someone else is going for, any, any kind of money coming in is always good for the sport yeah. in general. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. So I guess since the PTO hasn't announced their race series for next year and how that will look, um, it's quite hard to make a plan, um, whether you do target that, you know, obviously if I can't get any starts in the PTO races, then it would make sense to target some of those races on the Ironman series and try and go for that, um, that series. But, um, yeah, I guess it, it is hard to tell because then, also, that Ironman series doesn't include all their races. So, you know, something like Ironman New Zealand is obviously not one of the series. So, hmm. you know, do, do you do one of your fulls that's actually not one that's included in the series, you know, or, or do you forfeit that one and go to, say, Texas or something where it is where it is part of the series? And, um, obviously, you know, obviously there's only so many races you can do, so you've got you to probably pick quite early on in the year what you're going for and, um, and stick to it. Can you see some of the professional athletes – kind of uh, splitting off and, and going either PTO or Ironman? I think if you're doing the PTO series, it would be really hard to do the Ironman series. Um, I think it would be almost impossible to do both. I'm sure there'd be a few guys that try it. Um, mm-hmm. But really, you need to do three full distances a year that are part of that series, I'd say, to get in the top 50. And I guess when something hasn't been done before, like obviously it's the first year, next year, no one's really going to know how many points you do need to get in that top 50 or, you know, mm-hmm. get in the top 10. So, you know, a lot of people could dedicate a lot of time to it and then find out it's actually quite hard to get in that top 10. 
um, you know, and you might end up with five thousand dollars for you know flying around the world all over the place to do this this series, um, which you know is probably you'd be lucky if it covered your costs. So it's sort of it is it is hard to know how how it will play out. Um, I know there'll be a few guys that are stoked. There's obviously guys that are highly ranked that the PTO series doesn't suit. Um, you know, guys like I guess Joe Skipper or um, Leon Chevalier or Matt Hansen, you know, guys like that that are really strong in the Ironman distance, um, mm-hmm. but not so strong over the 100K distance. So I'm sure that they'll be um, licking their lips with another series like this to go for. Yeah, for sure. And like you say, it's uh, no harm um, having a bit more money in the sport and uh, a few more options at your disposal. Um, so I'm guessing you'll be right. You'll be doing a toe pull half next in December, and then uh, and then figuring out what you're going to do for 2024 from there. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's always good to race in the half in New Zealand. Um, you know, I'll see how this. I guess with COVID, see how this sort of next week or two goes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it would be good to be up there. But um, you know, I guess you got to. I guess my learnings from this year, you got to pick and choose what you uh, what you can do. Uh, not overcook it so you'll see how we're going in a few weeks I guess yeah that sounds good um, just before we let you go Mike I'm gonna just we're doing a fast segment so um, we're gonna go fuel aero shoes and uh, your TT bike uh, just to give the listeners a bit of a idea on what you're doing on race day and training so in terms of fuel what what's um, what's going in what brands on the bike and run and the race yeah um normally high five for the drink mix the two to one mix um sometimes with caffeine one um yeah i don't i don't didn't have it's not often i have any gels in a half anymore um and not even on the run uh normally just coke on the run yeah um so yeah going pretty been pretty light in the halves i guess this um this last year or so um yeah, two, but obviously the pools, I have quite a few gels to supplement those drinks. Yeah, and you're on the caffeine pills, aren't you? Um, yep, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, yep. sometimes I use um, the caffeine mix drink. Um, but sometimes I just try to keep them separate so that I can control sort of how much I'm having of either. Do you tend to take blood up on caffeine before or just during? Um, I'll have a bit before, yeah. Um sort of haven't been doing it too often but i've been doing it a little bit this year um but yeah getting that the right amount i guess is um it's tricky i try not to go too high yeah get some good issues uh right next up's aero so yeah you you are a bit of a an aero freak um when it comes to the bike um all the tips and tricks uh so yeah w- without giving uh, the aussies too much um too many tricks what can you uh kind of uh, give to us what you're wearing what what makes you go faster on the bike um i think it's just complete system eh? you look at the whole thing if there's little gains you can make everywhere and you add them all up it can add up to being quite a bit but yeah. um also just riding a position that you can actually maintain for you know 90ks like a lot of guys go on the wind tunnel or around the track and they hold a position for 2ks and then you see the race photos and they look completely different and it's like, well, you know, what's the point in testing a position that you can't hold? hold? Um, So, yeah, just practicing maintaining a good position and and obviously, you know, getting some good equipment. Um, You know, some things do make a bit of difference, even if, you know, some things seem ridiculous how expensive they are, but they do actually make a difference. So um, I guess for us racing at that upper level and the speeds are getting quite high now, you know, it's, small differences can add up to being quite a bit um so yeah right so if you could pick one uh, piece of aero equipment you've you've recently added to your repertoire what would it be uh it's hard to go past the pop tempo isn't it <laughs> yeah mate it is uh some helmet um yeah the pop tempo i think lionel's in it now as well so you watch it's gonna might start buying them in and selling them off yeah it's well it's catching on isn't it you know You've you've come you've come into the pop tempo um, group now. I have, I have. Um, yeah, not not great on all courses. Um, obviously, with the uh, 
issue of getting strangled by the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the strap going downhill and your neck. But um, yeah, flat courses. If you've got your head position right, it's um, definitely a good piece of kit. Um, right, shoes. What what shoes are you in? Run shoes. Yeah. Uh, the Essex Meta Sky Plus. Right. And uh, yeah, you're, you're, they're, you're, they're the fastest ones. They're the fastest ones. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you were in red when you on uh, the weekend. Yeah, red ones. Yeah. Yeah. Red yeah. is faster. Yeah. Right. Um and TT bike, uh, last one. You're on the the track, right? Yep, yep. Along with uh, most of the group, eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess, um, I guess that bike was. I guess mainly I got that bike was because it was all that we could really get in Christchurch at a reasonable price. At like that was actually available. Um, yeah, but it has actually turned out to be a really good bike. Um. I do actually quite uh, quite like that one. So, uh, so you've got the yeah, uh, the ride sink fitted on the front, right? Yeah, got the sink front end, uh, twenty two degree bars. Um, what else is on there? Got the Caden uh, Caden tri spoke. I think that's the fastest wheel you can get as well. Yeah, that is. A, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a nice bike for sure. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I'd choose choose anything else really, even if I could just choose whatever. Yeah, yeah, it does look nice. And you run you ran in Lancaster, you ran the one by chain ring, correct? Yep, fifty eight twos. Yeah, yep. one by. Yep. Um I really like one by, but um Lancaster, we had a few sort of steep pinches which made it a bit taxing, but um no, yeah. it was really nice, especially I guess on some of those downhill sections where you sort of pedaling at around you know 60 k's an hour it makes a big difference um you know especially if you've got guys trying to follow you who are only on 55s or 53s or something um yeah for sure and a nice bit of kit um right so that's uh, that's the fast segment all done hopefully um some listeners have got some tips to add to their uh swim bike run <laughs> yeah Cheers, Mike. All right, well, uh, thanks for coming on. And, um, yeah, well done with a really solid year. you got one more race to go. Um, hopefully you can kick the COVID and, uh, yeah, head up north and um, ripping on the bike once again. So, yeah, but, yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on the pod again in the future. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Hopefully we'll um, we'll get to hang out up in Taupo again. Yeah, mate. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, cheers. Cool. See you, mate. Hey guys, we're back. We're back in NZ. Uh, how you doing, Jaden? Yeah, I'm doing very well. How are you guys? Good yeah, not too you. bad. Getting back on that sleep uh, pattern, eh, Ben? Yeah, getting there slowly. Uh, hopefully no more early mornings after today's nap. No more missed uh, squads in the morning, yeah. <laughs> the swim sessions, I'll tell you by tomorrow morning. Yeah, oh, you're back on it tomorrow, <laughs> eh? Yeah. Yeah, good for you. Oh, I had a, Jayden, I had you a had to get up at 5am, didn't you, mate? I had a rough start to my first swim session. It was it was max efforts. It was two two hundreds max, one one oh two one hundred max, and then two fifties max. That was a test set. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Straight back on the horse. Um, and you had to do a spin class as well, mate. Talk us through that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I pro- spin class. Yeah, I promised I promised Sonia before I went that on my recovery week I'll go to one of her spin classes. So. I couldn't back out of that one, and at six thirty, we're on the spin bike and had a really good turnout. It was good. It was fun. It was, yeah, was it harder than you expected? Uh, I still kind of took it a bit easy because I was a little bit fatigued, but I didn't have my usual um, my usual pedal, so I just had like my my road running shoes and those like cages on the bike. Yeah, and. It destroys your calves because the you're 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 pushing the force so much forward on your feet. I said well, next I time I'll, br- I'll bring my rig in and do it <laughs> back in my own. Bring your <laughs> in and get on your TT, mate. Show yeah, all yeah, up. yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I reckon I reckon if you did that, I reckon it'd be real good sessions. Yeah. What on the TT? Yeah, or just like as an actual session, like yeah. bring your bike in. I reckon that'd be a good interval session. Well, I wonder how those spin classes at Les Mills compare to a Zwift race. What do you think, Ben? 
Um, <laughs> I think I've done ones or phrase before and it did not go very well. Um, not really? No. But I think the spin class is a like you can push yourself as hard as you want. Yeah. And there's no kind of people like comparing numbers and stuff. But if, I think if you stick to the plan that they set for you, I think you could really flock yourself. You're not, yeah, you're not getting dropped in uh, Les Mills spin class, but um, those with those with races can be pretty um, full noise, and uh, half, I reckon half the guys on there are cheating anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that was that was bold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I've stopped racing, Dan. Yeah, well, you can just plug in your weight, can't you? And just uh, you know, call out the whole Swift community. Good way to start. <laughs> <laughs> you you can. <laughs> well, even power meter differences. Like my power meter reads about eight nine percent lower than my previous power meter. Yeah, and it's not like I've played around with my weight, but it's just like oh. reads lower. No so one's gonna, no one's gonna put their legit weight in, are they? They're gonna put like the lightest they've ever weighed when they've been super dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that your tactics, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> no, mine's pretty honest to be honest. I think mine's seventy. Um, not much fluctuation there, but um. Yeah, I might have to uh, get back on the scales and have a look next time I race. Um, <laughs> no, not important. Not whatsoever. <laughs> what speed? Right. So, um, yeah, if, if no one saw the first podcast or listened to it, um, they probably didn't know, you know, where where we've been racing uh, recently. Um, but yeah, over in Malaysia, we've we just raced in the Langkawi seventy point three Asia Pacific Champs. Um, Ben, uh, well, we were with Mike as well. Mike Phillips had a good result in second. Ben uh, having a breakthrough result in fourth, Jaden in eighth, and uh, me coming in twelfth. So, some decent performances from the boys. Um, some not so good ones, but um, yeah. Let's just start off um, talking about kind of the week leading in over there. Um, and uh, yeah, Ben, you can kick us off with with uh, kind of how it all played out leading up to the race. Okay, uh, well, I'll say that we went to the same lunch spot and the same dinner spot basically every day. <laughs> um, we were creatures of habit and we did this because it was cheap and it was tasty and we didn't want to get any sort of food poisoning. So we have some great recommendations for two places that you could go to if you're ever in the Cali and that's about it. <laughs> um, me, me and Mike oh, tried oh. and tested them. We've got more. We've got dessert places, two dessert places. True. We probably have about two two or three more, but that's yeah. <laughs> we didn't walk all that far. Um, we, we all got together on Wednesday. That was when we were all there. Jaden was last to arrive on Wednesday in the morning, and we had one night together, three of us in a room, um, which worked out pretty all good. Um, nothing cozier than an Ironman trip put together with the boys. <laughs> um, three very nice spikes in the room that, you know, anyway. Um, and then, so we're there Wednesday and then Thursday we moved to a different accommodation um, that we managed to score with Ironman. Again, we're three to a room. Um, no complaints, no worries. Jade took one for the team, took the rollaway bed. Um, and then we're there, f- which it was very nice, very flash, right next to the finish line. And we were there for Thursday night, Friday night, um, and Saturday night. Um, we did registration on the Thursday. Uh, Friday was pretty chill, just getting everything sorted for the race, going to drop our bikes off and transition bags, and then raced Saturday. Um, nice early start, um, 4 a.m., Rolled out to the swim start at 5, um, race started at 7.05, and then we finished about 11, 11.30, and, yeah, rolled straight back into the hotel. But I'm kind of jumping ahead a bit now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, mate. Um, yeah, so with the – obviously, you got there on Monday. I've been there a wee, few days earlier than you, and Jaden just arrived a few days out. So in terms of um, training – heading in you didn't obviously want to go too big once you got over there was it just mainly were you just running zone two sort of efforts or were you, were you doing a few pickups what can you give us a bit of a run through and give us a key kind of workout you did over there on your bike yeah 
so I just come off the road relays. So running was not top priority once I got there. It was basically I knew I was running fast, so I just needed to – I think I only ran three times uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, just to make sure the leagues were still operating. Um, didn't need to do too much. Uh, swimming, I think we swam most days or we might have had a few successive days in the lead-up. Uh, we swam out to the island out in front of the hotel on the Friday, which is cool. Um, being there with Mike, Mike was always keen to go out for rides. So that worked well. Um, the key bike session I tried to do on the Monday didn't go as well um, because it was just, I think I went out at the middle of the day and only managed one of the efforts that I was supposed to do. Um, and then just caught it quits. But we, I did like one five-minute effort the day before just to make sure my legs were firing. And we rode the second half of the course a couple of times where I just rode rode the hills kind of race power um, just to make sure I knew what I was in for come race day. Otherwise, nothing really that specific or pretty easy training. Um kind of just making sure I don't lose any fitness because I wasn't going to get any fitter at that point. Yeah, yeah. And um, with, yeah, like you say, with your running, what, what did you do with running just easy stuff or did you try a few race space uh, longer? No, um, for Monday, I just ran for 50 minutes easy. Must have been about 10Ks. Um, just got full-blown heat exposure. So I was like, well, hopefully it's not this hot. Wednesday, I must have run for uh maybe half an hour i can't actually remember and then the friday i ran 20 minutes just on the last part of the course that went around the hotel was twisty turny um just to get familiar with that section otherwise it was no intensity yeah okay and um Jaden, you obviously arrived a wee bit later. What did you do in terms of, you know, you need a few days to kind of get ready for the race. Uh, anyone kind of rocking up to a race a few days out? Yeah, how did you approach it and can you share a key workout? Yeah, as um, got to gotta be a bit, I think, got to be a bit more careful when you roll up with about 18 hours of travel in your, a few days beforehand. But I think on the whole, I think I managed it fairly well. I think every kind of big trip you do uh, i'm sure you guys can agree that you kind of just get a bit more used to the travel and i found it i find it easy and easy to sleep on the planes um and i kind of put flights as well that i know that when i arrive i'll wake up fresh um off the plane um i kind of did my key workouts before i left so all i had to do when i arrived was um just kind of keep it easy keep the body moving and going into the race um I probably had two key sessions, which was one was a run workout and one was a swim workout. Just a few three minutes, six by three minutes for the run. Yeah. And then on the swim, I did um, four by 100 max on two and a half minutes um, in quite a warm pool in Auckland, which made it a bit more challenging than I expected. But it was yeah. a good little taster for... Uh, the Linkawi balmy waters. Yeah, it was pretty hot. It was fir- first time I'd been doing a swim in uh, swim skin, no wetsuit. But um, yeah, how can you explain to the listeners? Obviously, you've never been to Linkawi, the humidity um, and the heat together, and and trying to oh. train in it and and even racing it. How can you explain? I feel like it's something you've got to just go and experience for yourself. It's it's not as hot. Or humid as a sauna, definitely not as humid, definitely not as hot. I don't know. I don't know if you guys can jump in and explain it. It's just. I reckon you take them out and just make it 100% humidity and then add five degrees on top of that as well. Yeah. Kind of that, you know, when you open the oven up, you know, to check your food and you kind of get that yeah. bit of hot stuff in your face. It's like that, but all the time. <laughs> yeah. Or just riding in summer with a jacket on. Yeah. And yeah. Even still, you're not breathing in like super humid air. Yeah. I reckon we've got one of those like kind of covered showers with like a roof on top. And I reckon if you whacked that on max for like a few minutes and jumped in there, it'd be pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, as we saw with the race, um, there were quite a few DNFs and, and people struggling. Um, obviously, Ben, you didn't seem to let the heat affect you. So, 
<laughs> is it do me and Jane both need to get one of those ominous headbands or you know was there is there something you oh, weren't telling us <laughs> three of the three of the top four had them i think yeah so yeah that's something in it eh? um yeah maybe if mike was bearing one he would have won eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah or maybe that might be the next purchase for him do you think you'll wear it at um top or the mount uh, Taupo, probably not, I don't, unless it's one of those December scorcher days. If it's anything like last year's weather, it'll be a no. I think I'll be wanting an umbrella over that headband. Um, the mount, probably yes, because if, I think it'll be hot there. Um, but I think it depends on the weather conditions. If it's below 20 degrees, then you don't need it. You, you only put it on the run, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, I joked about wearing it on the bike. Yeah, I thought you were going to, but... Um... <laughs> might have been a bit uncomfy um so ben if you could just quickly kind of take us through the race obviously uh, you were you were the furthest up out of all of us um just starting with the swim and run us through the bike and uh, yeah. and the run sure so um starting with before the race i guess it was the most organized i'd ever been and it's like we got over half an hour before the start um and we're just kind of standing around wondering what do we do now because they only gave us a very short window of 10 minutes to do a swim warm-up. So that was interesting. And then race started. I started left-hand side behind Braden, and I think Josh Hamburger was there as well because I just knew those guys would go up fast, and I was like, sweet, hopefully I can just slot straight onto the feet. Uh, kind of worked, kind of didn't. I eventually got distance and ended up swimming and a chase pack of like three guys and eventually just dropped off them as well. Um, but can, all things considering, I was pretty happy to only lose two minutes, which uh, with a very interrupted year with swim training. Um, so that was a positive in a way. Um, yeah. Got out of the water through transition. I had Tim Van Berkel right there with me and we basically headed out on the bike together and, uh, very first corner of the bike there's a few bumps and my front drink bottle falls off uh it wasn't quite the right size after the monkey had pinched my drink bottle yeah. a few months earlier <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't ideal but it was about at least 100 grams of carbs but i had another bottle that i'd shoved down the front of my tri suit which was just electrolytes uh that i planned to drink just after the swim just to make sure i didn't it wasn't kind of like cooked after the swim Anyway, uh, the bike was okay. Uh, worked with Tim within the drafting rules uh, for the first half, and then I kind of did a bit more work in the second half, kind of just to limit our losses, kind of knowing the front group's going to be ripping, and if we don't do something similar, then we're just going to start losing time. And we still lost five, six minutes to the front guys, but that's it wasn't terrible and i knew once there was a short out and back section with 5k's to go and at which point i saw Braden and james teagle so i knew Braden had dropped from the front group because he was there in the front group at 30k's and james was basically the same gap that he was at the start so i we had closed the the back end of the bike a bit quicker and closed the gap down to him i think it was only a minute so hopped off the bike having seen those guys i don't think i saw anyone else um on the way into transition so wasn't really sure of the situation or my placing um turned out i was 10th at the time uh went through transition started the run and had like a bottle there of more electrolytes that I just drank in the first bit, which that was fine. Um, I had another 90 gram gel, which I basically scaled the whole thing at the start of the run because of my drop fuel on the bike. Um, it just kind of settled into my rhythm and I wasn't feeling the heat too much. I think we all agreed that it wasn't as hot as some of the training days we'd had in the lead up. So I yeah. hopped off not feeling super cooked um, in any way. So started the run settled into my rhythm maybe it was like four or five k's in um found the first victim and Braden pulled up and stop stopped um two k's later run past another athlete sitting on the side of the road who had cooked themselves in the heat 
Um, and then I'd passed him, so I'd moved up three spots and I was in seventh. And then I kind of just kept ticking away on the run. Pace felt felt good until about 10K. Uh, and then I started to feel the heat start to hit me a bit. So then I just started stopping every aid station. I literally just paused my watch, stopped, sculled a few cups of Coke and started running again then grabbed a small bottle of water, tipped it over my head and onto the headband and drank whatever I needed then tossed it again. Were you, were you using those buckets to pour water on yourself? No, I wasn't. I was – the first couple of aid stations – it hadn't melted, so it was still ice. So I did get the volunteers to grab the ice and I pulled my tri suit out and they literally poured ice straight down the front of my tri suit, which was great. Yeah. But later on they were just water. So I didn't want to use them to my my socks were already saturated and I was already feeling like my shoes were a little bit too tight. Um so I was getting a few blisters and stuff. So I just left those alone. Yeah. Um but yeah, I must have been in seventh place with the last half lap to go, and I just managed to pass another guy who had cooked himself on the bike, who eventually did not finish, um, and then managed to catch two more guys on the run uh, on the way out and back, um, and yeah, yeah, just managed to hold my pace really well until the end and kept stopping at every aid station and really found that like micro rest really helps just kind of stop me from overheating. Um, and thankfully we were given like small bottles of water rather than cups of water. So you could just really tip that over you and cool down and take it with you. Yeah. Yeah. So finished the run strong and ended up fourth place and was, yeah, super happy with it. Right in the mix there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome result, mate. And, um, and Jaden, you you had a pretty reasonably solid day out. Are you are you happy with how you went? Yeah, I think I think looking back, I think got to be a bit happy. It was probably more of a race of attrition and more more um, to stay within yourself rather than you know push. And I think people that did push beyond their limit um, obviously paid for it and had to pull out. Um, yeah, I. I think it was an overall pretty consistent day. Um, I think I look back on it. I um, had a had a solid swim, not probably where I wanted to be with all the training I'd done. Yeah. Um, and then with you, mate, not having a great T one, I was left solo on the bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, no, we um, we'll sort that one in at Topol, right? Um, yeah. Let me well, let me come out of the water just just a few seconds before, and then. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be in a second group. We'll be in the next group though this time, Brett. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Should be a few in there, right? Eh? Should be should be a few more. And then uh, it was this long solo slog on the bike. Um, yeah, I probably had a little bit more in me, but I was just a bit nervous with the run um, ahead, and I wasn't um, losing time to the guys behind me, and I was losing a bit of time to the guys in front of me, but. Um, it would have taken a bit of an effort to to kind of catch up, and I wasn't sure where where that would have gone for the run. And in the run, I just tried holding as steady as possible, and I think I did a pretty good job there. Just my time was right in the mix of everyone else. Yeah, um, yeah. consistent. Yeah, yeah. Just probably overfueled on the bike or overcarb on the bike, and I couldn't digest anything on a run, so it was just water for me. Um, yeah, which is not ideal, but. Yeah, again, I, my energy levels were pretty good and I didn't kind of push myself too hard. So it was just a pretty consistent day. Um, yeah. And, the, and then the prize money as well, mate, so you can't complain with that. Um, yeah, bit of, bit, of, bit of prize money. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. So, yeah, all in all, um, if, if, if if there's another race in Ankara, that I don't think there is, is there? Next year? Mm, and has been released. No. Like, yeah, next year. So... Yeah, touching on kind of a uh, few races that have been released and what's going on. Ben, can you just give us a quick rundown on Man announced today? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. I woke up from a nap and saw that Iron Man had released their own pro series and I knew no idea it was coming. And I was initially like quite excited. I was started reading it all and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, but I think it looks quite positive. 18 races that make up the Pro Series. Um, best five races go towards your overall points. If you 
want a full, you get 5,000 points. If you want a half, you get 2,500 points. Uh, you can do a maximum of three fulls for your total. And for world champs, uh, you get a bonus. So if you do Kona for the win, it's 6,000. And for Taupo, it is 3,000. Uh, okay. So Taupo is the last race of the 18 next year. And the first one is Oceanside, I think, on the 4th of April. Uh, yes, really interesting. I think they're doing it to try and attract their athletes well athletes to stay with Ironman rather than the PTO and I think it's I think it will be really good but I think it also suits people who are kind of better at Ironman racing um, for that full distance uh, so maybe people like Joe Skipper um, and Leon Chevalier is another one I noted uh, people that are good over the full distance and not so good over the the half distance or the 100k PTO distance um prize money is pretty good for it uh pay out a bonus for top 10 um and then 11 to 50 get 5,000 us at the end of the year next year if they've got the most amount of points and stuff okay um, so how, how do you think do you think this uh gives guys like us an advantage with uh you know more kind of racing with the pto and the ironman now and obviously challenge uh it's more spread out would you say and um or likely to get results where because all the big guys might be other races. It'll be really interesting. I think the the Ironman races that aren't part of the Pro Series may suffer a little bit, but there'll still be a, a great opportunity for racing. Uh, the great thing is the inclusivity that anyone can do these Pro Series races, but I think it will be Ironman's going to have to be pretty exclusive after a while and if they do that off pto ranking or their own ranking system uh to decide who gets the race starts because they if you got 100 people wanting to do a race i don't think that's feasible um the only the downside for us is that it's kicking off in april and we'll be coming off in new zealand summer of racing and like if a full like taupo doesn't count towards the pro series so if you wanted to try to do three fulls to maximize your points, you're going to be racing quite a few fulls that year, which not, might yeah, not yeah. be Not to do four. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll figure it out. Um, find out more as 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 um, the year progresses. But um, yeah, it's good to see uh, more options out there. Um, do you think with the races that aren't on the series list but are still pro races, do you think they'll be kind of filtered down and, and be easier to win? Um, I'm not sure. I think all the art, depending on the number of slots as well for, say, Taupo, um, like for instance, I know Ironman in, in Texas next year has six Kona slots, but it's also part of the pro race. So that'll be like a big one. Um, yeah, it's going it's to be really interesting to look back this time next year to see who's got it right because I think there's a way to do some of these big Ironman pro races and do well in them that will also get you good PTO point, points so you can kind of be doing well in both ranking systems. And the same goes once you include the challenge series. Yeah. If you can spread yourself across every series and get good points in all three, you could be uh, tapping into three bonus pools. And you never know, challenge might respond to this announcement from Ironman by changing their own system, um, which is currently, I think they pay the top five in the challenge series every year bonus. Um, so they might have an increase to come or pay top 10 i'm not sure yeah okay all right we'll keep an eye on it um right lastly what what's uh what does a recovery week look like for you guys are you just having the week off of post race or are you just keeping things ticking over jane yeah just ticking over um got back when they get back tuesday to wellington so I had three days off and went for a light jog on tuesday morning and just kind of easing back into some swimming and alternating a run and bike for the rest of the week yeah 
and then I think we're going away this weekend um, in the old um, um, the old car. So probably be no bike, but just take the shoes along and go for a short jog, but just keep it fairly easy to soak up the week. Yeah, yeah, and you feel yeah. like you recover better when you're, you're still doing something instead of just keeping off the legs. Yeah, uh, I've got to keep moving. Eh? Like, I just get real fidgety, and I think it's the same as like you know race week. You don't want to fully shut your body off. Um, you know, active recovery is better than just keeping off the legs completely. Yeah. Um, and I, and I just think you know as well, it just kind of kind of keeps you in the game, so you're not struggling to get back in um, when you go cold ball next week because we've got Taupo not not so far away. Yeah, well, uh, well Taupo is uh, eight weeks away on Monday, right? So yeah, eight weeks. Two. So, it'll come. so it's what seven weeks of solid training, really. Yeah, it'll come around pretty quick as well. Yeah, well, at least uh, the days are getting lighter and warmer, and it's going to be easier to train now than than before we left for sure. I don't know what yeah. about. I don't know. Don't know if I can say the same about Auckland. It's probably going to be raining up there the whole time, man. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, Auckland weather. What your recovery week look like, Brett? Um, how's it gone? I had I had Sunday off. I well, obviously Sunday off. Flew but. Sunday, Sunday night. You were still training Sunday early hours of Sunday morning. Oh yeah, training the old uh, <laughs> beer drinking competition with Mike Phillips and those co boys. Um, yeah, you should have stayed out, boys. It was a good night. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what? Well, sounds like sounds like all of them got COVID, anyways. Yeah, it does. But uh, I'm okay, so I've dodged a bullet. I don't know what's happened there. Sounds like a few of the athletes have it. Eh? I was um, when Mike when Mike mentioned, I was getting a bit nervous, but um, so far so good. But uh, I don't think he's had it, so maybe that was it. But um, yeah, too bad. Um, yeah, just a, <laughs> did a 1k swim and uh, just a bit of a run today. Legs are still a bit sore. Probably get on the bike tomorrow and and stay off the TT for the week and have a, enjoy the road bike. I reckon eh? I've been missing it. Yeah, you'll be back at Tuesday Worlds trying to keep it upright. <laughs> yeah, let's hope we can get to the start of the ride uh, this coming Tuesday and not um, face down in the pavement. Probably be a good start. I haven't got another seven hundred dollars to spend on a break. Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, three days boys all right well um yeah we'll be back in two weeks to have another yarn um and uh yeah thanks for thanks for coming on and uh in, having in, a chat. Two, week, in two weeks time it'll be um just about a send-off for ben he's tour south and send-off oh yeah yeah you'll be able to run us through your uh your cycling prep for tour to southland absolutely um i think i gotta do a few five-hour rides between now and then so yeah mate hopefully that's not on on uh Swift. No, no, we'll be outside. We'll be on the on Dad's road bike, getting it done. Um, yeah, mate. Well, how's your training gonna? How are you thinking your training's gonna adapt? Are you just gonna up the road and keep the others the same, or are you gonna play around with it a bit and focus on the bike for a little bit? Um, I think I've definitely got to up the bike hours just a little bit if I can get it somewhere, maybe like at least over 15, somewhere between 15 and 20 would be fine. Um, Swimming needs like constant work, so I won't drop that back too much. I'll probably just drop the running case down a little bit. Um, but overall, I'll probably just increase total volume and just see and try to roll with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've only got I've got this weekend, all of next week, and then maybe like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'll probably have to start tapering. So, what does that leave me like 12 days to do some south and specific training? So <laughs> Hopefully the team's not listening to this, but I'll at least say that my bike is going pretty good. Um, my top end, I got no idea. I was doing some um, best 90-day, one-minute power PBs in the recons of the course in Lake Howie, so <laughs> well, that's positive. I don't that'll, be, that'll be enough to hold the wheel on those, uh, on those brakes and uh, that's out yeah. weather, mate. Yeah, exactly. I'll be, I'll be closing gaps for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're the domestic, aren't you? You'll be going up and down with drink bottles. Probably. <laughs> I'm happy to do whatever. If you I get a if you get a win, um it, would that be on the cards or are you just gonna be riding for the team? 
Like, yeah, I think you're pumping up my ability a little bit. <laughs> no, you never know. You're getting a break. I think it would have to be the most like consistent day and I just like a whole lot of caffeine gels and I'm in the break and I can just do my one attack, get a gap and then just ride it. I don't know, 70.3 power to the finish and somehow hold on. Yeah. Oh, well, it'll be a good training week either way, mate. Yeah. Look forward to uh, hearing about training leading up. But, yeah, right, we'll, uh, we'll call it that. Cheers, boys. Thanks for coming on again. And, um, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, yeah. Brett. Cheers, guys. We'll see you in two weeks.